You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. (laughs) Amen. All right, I'm warning you. Dr. John T. Holler, the best guy in the world, is coming to bring the word. Amen. Amen. Good to see you all here. We've been talking about uh, two weeks ago, I started a series on the blessings promises of Jesus, ones Jesus made for us. If Jesus makes a, a, a promise, that becomes a right to you. Right. You hear that? If Jesus makes a promise, it becomes a right to you. Yeah. It's your right to believe for it. Amen. So let's, let's pick up where we left off. I'll tell you a story. We left off with John chapter 7, 38. 738 John 7 verse 38 and 39 In the last day that great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried saying if any man thirst let him come unto me and drink but he that believeth on me as the scripture has said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water but this he spake of the spirit, spirit read on his hand which they that believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. I have news for you today. Jesus is glorified. Amen. Amen. He's glorified. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us right now. Right, right now, He's there. Amen. So you have a right to the Holy Spirit in your life. You have a right to the Holy Spirit. You don't have to beg God to have the, the Spirit to manifest in your life. You have a right for the Spirit to be in your life. Yes. You have a God-given right have the Holy Ghost in your life. Amen. This is good news for some of you, I know. I know I begged God for year, for, for months to receive the Holy Ghost. Begged Him, begged Him. I wanted it so bad. I wanted it so bad. I wanted speaking tongues, you know, so bad. I'd get in my shower and play like I was speaking in tongues. <laughs> I would. I would. I would dream about it, think about it. Think, I'd hear it in my head. I couldn't say it because I didn't, I didn't know I had a right to it. Yeah. You have a right to this. It's your right. It's your right. It's your right. You, like, like a citizen of the United States, you have a right to vote. You have a right to vote. How many of you vote? Yes. Most, most Christians ought to vote. All Christians ought to vote. Especially if you, if you vote the right way. Amen. <laughs> you have a right to the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit is going to make you a supernatural being. Make you a supernatural being. He does things in you that you don't do for yourself. You can't do for yourself. Remember I told you about this one time, but I'm going to show you, show you another one. You know that it, what the first miracle was? Anybody remember what the first miracle was? Water and wine from John chapter 2. We looked back in John, John chapter 1, and Jesus saw Nathan, Nathaniel, under the fig tree, didn't he? Is that not supernatural? That's supernatural, but it was not considered a miracle. That's just a man that's got the Spirit in his life. A man with the Spirit in his life can do things like that. Now no, no, look at John. Look at John chapter four. Miss Anne, look at John chapter four and verse uh, 
49, 49 through 51. John chapter 4, 49 through 51. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down, ere my child die. Jesus saith unto him, Go thy wife, thy way, thy son, way, thy son, son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. This is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. Yeah, you went into verse 54. This is the second miracle. Well, wait a minute. Read John chapter 4, verse 18. Verse Earlier than that, read that. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast now, <laughs> thou now hast, is not thy husband. In that saidest you truly. The woman said, she went and ran back to town. She said, Come see a man that told me everything about my life. <laughs> that, that was not a miracle. That was just a man with the Holy Spirit in his life. Amen. You have a right to know things that others do not know. Amen. The Spirit in your life can make, make a supernatural li lifestyle, you see, without there being miracles per se, but the Holy Spirit in your life. And you have a right to this because Jesus said you did. Yep. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Look, look at the next thing is uh, number 11. You have a right to understanding and revelation. Miss Ann, would you read John chapter 8, verse 12? Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now this goes with the Holy Spirit being in your life. You have a right to understanding and revelation. You have a right to read the Bible and understand what it means. Yeah. I've heard people all through my lifetime say, I can't understand the Bible. Especially that King James that you read. Can you understand Shakespeare? Yeah. They all love Shakespeare, don't they? Read Shakespeare. It's the same kind of language that I read. What's the matter with your brain? You can't understand the Word of God, but you understand Shakespeare. You see, you can't understand anything you want to understand. Yeah. You can, especially because you have the Spirit of God in your life. Yeah. The Spirit in your life, you can understand you have a right to understand what God, what God wants you to have. Yeah. It's not, not God's will for you to walk around not knowing what He wants. It's the will of God for you to know what He wants. Yeah. For you to know what He wants you to have. Have a right. It's always been oppressive religious leaders that did not want the people to have access to the word. That's one of the things about Martin Luther I love. He immediately, when he when he came to the revelation of, of the word of God and the the gospel of the, I'm, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but it is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first to the, and also to the Greek. Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. When he got that when he got that message, when he got that revelation. Something happened. Everything changed for Martin Luther in the, world, in the whole world, for that matter. Yeah. He began to write. He wrote lots and lots and lots of stuff. He was prolific in his writing. One of the things he did was he translated the New Testament into German for the people to have the Bible. He believed that everybody could understand the Word of God. Amen. It's oppressive leadership that does not want you to know, know what the Word says because they're chickens and they don't want to be, ca they don't want to be challenged. I always stand in front of my students. I have 500 in the class sometimes, and I say, ask me your questions. What are your questions? I just let them ask them from the floor. 
most of my th- most of my professors won't do that because they're afraid to get an answer to this question. They have to say, "I don't know." I've had to say, "I don't know" once. Amen. <laughs> I did. I said, "I don't know" once. It's because they asked me about Jews. They said, "What well, what what happens to a Jew if he doesn't keep the law?" I said, "I don't know. I'm not a Jew." <laughs> Now what happens to me if I don't keep it? If I don't keep what I'm supposed to do, I get in trouble. Yeah. Get in trouble when you don't do what you're supposed to do. You know. Yeah. Miss Ann, Miss Ann keeps me straight, man. I'm telling you that. <laughs> Martin Luther translated the New Testament into German to give the people access to Revelation. Let's turn to Hebrews nine, verse one and two. Don't you see this awesome, awesome word of God? Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service. And a worldly sanctuary, read on. For there was a tabernacle made, the first wherein was the candlestick, and the table, and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. Now, I told you all a few months ago, we did that sermon on the the, the, the temple, the, the articles of the the uh, furniture that was in the temple. Right. We said all these things are in you. Remember, remember that? Yeah. You have a candlestick inside you. You have a candlestick inside you. That means you have a right to revelation. You have a right to understanding. You can see the word differently than others see it. I had a student come to me the other day and said, Dr. Hollow, I just want to learn how to read the word like you do. I said, not reading it. It's not, not about reading it. It's about understanding it. He said, that's what I meant. I want to understand the word like you do. I want to see it like you see it. I said, why? He said, because it makes sense when you say it. Yeah. It makes sense when you say it. See, there's a spirit of wisdom and revelation on me that's on you. He said, and I prayed it on you. So you can get the word of God and understand what he what he meant for your life. All the all the all the confusion goes away. How many of you have, have had a revelation of what the word means since you've been coming to this church? I've never before. Look at look at this. It changes you when you get 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 to know what the word means, what it's saying. Amen. And you have a right to that. As a temple of the Holy Ghost, you have a candlestick inside you. Read, read John eight, Miss Ann. I want you to read this one good. Eight thirty-two and 36. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. You have a right to live in freedom. Yeah. Jesus said you, go, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And you have a right to be free. See, I think, I think sometimes we forget what, what life is like. We, feel, we, we always feel sorry for the slave. But slavery is a choice. I'm going to say it again. Slavery is a choice. You can choose to die or live, live as a slave. I choose, like Patrick Henry said, give me liberty or give me death. Yeah. Yeah. You can be a slave if you want to be a slave. If, if, it means, if life it means that much to you to live as a slave, not me. I'll die before they make me a slave. Amen. You hear me? Slavery is a choice. It always has been, always will be. You can choose not to be a slave. Right. You can choose to live or die but not be a slave. Amen. Glory to God. Somebody say amen. This is amen. good preaching. Patrick, Patrick Henry said it like this. His life so dear, peace so sweet, that it has to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. Forbid it, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but that's for me. Give me liberty. Give me death. Or give me death. Amen. You have a right to live in freedom. God's image was enslaved. God's image, that is Adam, was enslaved. The Lord had to do something about that. He's had to do something about that. He had to get us out of the bondage of the, of the, the enemy because it looked like to the, to the world, to the world and the angels and all that Satan had won. He had dragging around God's image 
making them do the most despicable things, yeah. claiming this is God. Look what God's doing. And the most despicable things, claiming this is God. See that? He's an accuser of the brethren. He's the accuser of God, too. God had to do something about that. That's why he came for you. Yes. He came for his own reputation. He came to get you for his own reputation. That's how, how he sees you. You're not in the angelic class. Man is made in God's image, not in the angel's image. Yeah. More the divine class. Mankind is made in more than the divine class because we're made in God's image. You see that? It's a powerful thought if you think about it. Read John chapter 10, Miss Anne. I love this one. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Okay. He's talking about a, a sheep. It says any man. Men are sheep in God's eyes, in Jesus' eyes. We're sheep. That's right. He's a shepherd. He said, and what, what is what is prosperity to a, she, to a sheep? Pasture. That's prosperity to a sheep. Good pasture. Read on, read verse 10, Miss Anne. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. There's no divine plan behind what the devil does. No divine plan. He just has one thing in his mind, to kill, to steal, and destroy. You hear me? God, God is not behind the devil's actions in your life. That's right. God has nothing to do with that. Thief cometh not for, but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. Thief cometh not before to do this. That's the only, only purpose he has. He's not unleashed with God holding him back. That's stupid. Yeah. He's in rebellion against God. Yeah. Okay, read on, Miss Ann. But I am come. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have more abundantly. Yeah, she skipped the word it, didn't she? Because <laughs> it does not, does not belong in the text. That's right. It does not belong in that text. They said that I am come that they might have life and that they might have more abundantly. Yeah. Amen. He came to stop the devil's destruction of your stuff and stop him from stealing from you so you could find pasture. It's God's will for you to prosper. Amen. His truth tells us that you have a right to prosper. Look at somebody on your right hand and on your left say it. It is God's will for you to prosper. It's God's will for you so to this, prosper. Say this, you have a right to prosper. God's will for you to prosper. Say, I have a right to prosper. I have a right to prosper. Amen. You do not have to pray about money that much. Once you learn the laws of seed time and harvest, you just sow and leave it to God. Leave it to the harvest to, to, work, to, to work for you. You pray about money too much. Yeah. The body of Christ prays about money too much. It's a waste of time, really. You don't need to pray about money. I'm going to tell you how to get all the money you need. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Yes. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Just give. Sow seed, and it will return unto you, because there will not, be, there will not cease to ever to be seed time and harvest, as long as the earth remains. Amen. You know, what's praying about money do for you? What's it done for you? Nothing? Yeah. Giving has done something for you, hasn't it? Yes. Giving has done something for me, I'm telling you, man. Amen. Giving is a a law. As long as the earth remains, it said in Genesis 8.22. Let's put that up there, Genesis 8.22. I told you this before, but we need to, need to hear it again. Genesis 8.22. While the earth remains, read it, Miss Ann. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Everybody stomp a foot. Stomp a foot. 
It sounds like the earth's still here, isn't it? Yeah. Still here. So this is still true, even yeah. though it comes from the eighth chapter of the book. It's still true because the earth still remains. There shall not cease to be seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest is yours. Now, it's going to happen whether you, do, whether you sow anything or not. If you don't sow anything, you get a whole bunch of nothing back. <laughs> get, a, get, a, get nothing in abundance. Nothing in abundance. Nothing in abundance. Working just like it should then. But if you sow, you will reap. You will reap. I heard one young man say, I don't want to be in the ministry, but I feel like I should be. I said, what's, what's the matter? He said, well, my, all, my, all the people, men in my family are preachers. And I said, I don't want to preach, but I feel like I should. And I, I feel guilty. I said, what are, you, what are you good at? He said, I'm good at making money. I said, why don't you just make money then? Yeah. He said, because it's greedy. I said, no, it's not greedy. No. Make money and give it to, your, give it to the ministry. Yeah. Yeah. He said, that's a real ministry? I said, it can be. Yeah. can be. I know several people who, who, who make money to give to the ministry. We have them in this church called called Paymasters. Yeah. Amen. Love Paymasters in my life. I got a few of them and I love them every one. I pray for them. That nothing that no harm ever comes to them, man. You won't, you won't miss Anne to pray for you. Pray, be, become a Paymaster. You get, you get prayed for several times a day. <laughs> uh, that guy that got lost on a, he was, uh, he was lost with another, another guy on a, on a desert, desert island in the South Pacific. One guy's running around and saying, oh, we're going to be lost. We're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. The other guy said, the other guy said no. he walked over and sat down under a tree and said, I'm not going to die. It's going to be okay. We're going to get saved. Yeah. Somebody's going to find us. He said, how do you know that? He said, I'm a tither. I make a million dollars a month. And I'm a tither. My pastor will find me. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. You have a right to prosper. <laughs> My pastor will find me. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Read chapter 14, Miss Anne, verse 2 and 3. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Amen. You have a right to act like you are a citizen of heaven. You have a right to act like you're a citizen of heaven. You are a citizen of heaven. You have a right to act like it. John 14, 2 and 3. You have a right, because Jesus said this. Jesus said what he said here. You have a right to act like you are a citizen of heaven. It's all about identity, y'all. Are you an Oki or are you, are you a Christian? Amen. We identify with being Texan so much and Okie so much. Irish so much. Every time I get mad, I'm Irish. Every time Miss Annie gets mad, she's German. The Irish want to fight. The, the Germans want to take over. I married a German. I know what I'm talking about. The Irish want to fight, but the Germans want to take over. There's Poland if the Germans get mad, you know. Let me tell you this story. Bernie Marcus was one, was the son of a poor Russian cabinet maker in Newark, New Jersey, in 1978. He was fired from a, from a do-it-yourself retail store called Handy Dan. Everybody know who Handy Dan was? Remember those Handy Dan stores? Handy Dan. So what did Bernie do? He teamed up with a guy named Arthur Blank, and they started their own business. 
They opened the first store in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and named it the Home Depot. Last year, about, uh, last year alone, the Home Depot reported a gross net profit of $32 billion. $32 billion. Now listen, when trouble comes to you, you can identify with your trouble, call yourself a loser, and think that that's the end of the road, or you can identify as a child of God and a citizen of heaven. You identify as a citizen. It's all about your identity. Victor, you can choose to live as a victor or you can choose to live as a slave. But it starts with your identity. Where is your citizenship? Where is your citizenship? That's what it counts. That's all it counts. So that you know. A kid asked his daddy, he said, Daddy, where do people come from? He said, well, boy, God made Adam and Eve. Uh, they made other kids. Who made other kids? Who made other kids? Who made other kids? That's, how, that's, how, that's where man came from. Went to the kitchen, asked his mama, I said, Mama, where did man come from? She said, well, we, we, we used to be monkeys, and we came up to the ranks, and we, 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 we evolved into man. The boy went back to his daddy and said, Daddy, you lied to me. Mama said we came from monkeys. He said, oh, son, she's talking about her side of the family. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> John chapter 14, verse 13, Miss Ann. <laughs> and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. You have a right to use Jesus' name and to expect results. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Have a right to use Jesus' name and to expect results. I got another funny for you. A little four-year-old went into the, the, the doctor. She was coughing and coughing and coughing and coughing. Took her in, and the doctor, the nurse was looking at her in the emergency room, trying to listen to her heart and her lungs, you know. The little girl was talkative. She's talking about everything. She read alone, this, this four-years-old, you know, a little girl, talking, talking, talking. And the uh, nurse said, shh, I need you to be quiet because I need to see if Barney's in there. The little girl looked down and said, Barney's not in there. Jesus is, in, Jesus is in my heart. Barney's on my underwear. <laughs> Jesus is in your heart. It's the greatest potential for success. The greatest potential you have for success is Jesus is in your heart. Because if he's in your heart, you can, you can get him in your mouth. Amen. If he's in your heart, you can get him in your mouth. Yes. Get him in your mouth. Yes. Mr. Ann, read Romans 10, 8 through 11. Romans 10, 8 through 11. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. In your heart and in your mouth. Okay, read on. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess. Hey, hang on. That if. Everybody say if. If. The smallest, biggest word in the English language. It means more, it means more than anything. It's 180 degrees. 180 degree word. If, 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 if you shall. Read on. Confess you shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Thou might be delivered, you could be delivered, maybe, maybe be known that thou shalt be delivered. Thou shalt be delivered. Read on. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 11. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Jesus in your heart is the greatest potential for success. Because if he's in your heart... He can be in your mouth, and if he's in your mouth, you can change anything. That's right. He's in your mouth, you can change anything. That's right. Glory to God. Amen. I'm living this today. 
I'm living in this today. I've been living it for quite some time. I'm living it today. Don't anybody ever be discouraged by what you see in me. This word is going to work for me. It worked for me. It's worked for me so far. It brought me this far. It's going to take me all the way. Yes. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. In verse 27, in verse 27, verse chapter 14. 14 is full of promises. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. How? Not as the world giveth. Not as the world giveth. Give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have a right to an anxiety-free life. Yes. You have a right to an anxiety-free life. You know, when Jesus came on the scene, Roman just established itself as an empire. They were a great nation, but then dominated the whole world under a guy named Augustus, whose real name is Octavian. He was Julius Caesar's adopted son, Octavian. Became Augustus Caesar, first, first emperor. Rome set up their first emperor, and Luke 2 says, the days of Caesar, Augustus, they went forth a decree. Talking about Christmas. Jesus came into the world under, under the empire's first emperor. God sent his king too. Yes. Same time. Under Augustus Caesar. Under Augustus Caesar, they had something called Pax Romana. P-A-X Romana. Pax Augustus, it was called for when he was alive. When Augustus died, they called it Pax Romana. Anybody know what that means? The peace of Rome. The peace of Augustus or the peace of Rome. Pax Romana is a really, really famous saying. It's like, remember the Alamo to us. Augustus ruled and Tiberius, his son, ruled during Jesus' time on earth. The whole time they they ruled, they called it peace, but it wasn't really peace. It wasn't really peace. It was no war, hardly any war for sure. Everybody was afraid of Rome. It wasn't as they had made peace with men. They just terr- terrified them into submission. Yeah. That's not peace. No. You terrify people into submission, that's not peace. Mm-hmm. It is if you're Augustus at the top. He's the only guy that had any peace. The guy on the top seat has peace. But God made peace with us because he was on the top seat. He knew we didn't have peace. He came to be one of us and made, us, made peace with us. Mm-hmm. And this is what it says in Luke 2. It says, uh, read verse 8 through 14, Miss Ann. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day, read on. In the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel of multitude. With the angel. Uh, it was, was with, with the, the angel, angel. A multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying. Listen to what they say. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. peace good goodwill will toward, toward men. men. God made peace with man that day. Announced Peace. But it was still, it wasn't, wasn't satisfied, wasn't bought and paid for that day. He just announced it was coming. When, when was it bought and paid for? On the cross. When Jesus said it is finished. The anxiety of heaven is done. There's no more angst between God and man. God is at peace with you. Hear me today. The gospel means God is at peace with you. 
once there was a study that that that, that, that said since 3600 BC, the world has only known two, 292 years of peace. Since 3600 BC, the world has only known 292 years of peace. During that period, there have been 14,531 wars, large and small, in which 3,640,000,000 people have killed, have been killed. So much for man making peace. I know nothing about peace. God alone knows about peace. God has a, a gospel of, called peace. This gospel is the gospel of peace. It means that God reconciled himself to you when he, he died for your sins. He put, he put himself in Jesus' place. The Father came and became, became man. God became man. And came here and died for us so we could stop dying. We were all dying and going to hell. He came here so we could stop dying. I'm glad to be on this side of the cross, aren't you? Yeah. To the other side, looking forward. We can say we we can say it's not going to happen. We 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 say it has happened. Yeah. I'm not looking for Jesus to save me. Jesus already saved me. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you today for this word. I thank you for the message of the word of God. It teaches us that we have a right to have an anxiety-free life because you made a peace with us. I thank you, Father, that you have we have a right to have to use Jesus' name and expect results. Yes. I thank you, Father, that we have a right to act like citizens of heaven. Amen. Glory to God. I thank you we have a right to prosper, glory to God, and be in health. We have a right to live in freedom, glory to God. And thank you, Father, that we have a right to, uh, to understanding and, and revelation. I thank you, my God, that you give us the right to have the Holy Spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all.